You're listening to the Rise and Love podcast, where we believe that you get to have love and success in all areas of your life. Your host, Crystal Iram, will help you understand yourself, your relationships, and what's keeping you from having the love, relationship, and life you really want. Week after week, you'll have your mind blown as you learn from experts and listen in on honest conversations to experience mindset shifts and get practical instruction on how to use your mind to support you in getting everything you desire. We'll get to the heart of the matter when it comes to designing and elevating all aspects of love and life. Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Iram. I have an amazing new resource for you, and I am so thrilled to finally be able to share it. I have created a quiz so that you can find out what your love type is. This quiz is going to take you just a few minutes, and by answering some questions, you'll get a better understanding of what some of your biggest blocks to calling in the relationship you most desire are so that you can clear them. Not only are you going to find out what your love type are, but I'm going to give you personalized recommendations for resources that'll really help you move along your journey so that you can call in the love you most desire. You can check the quiz out by visiting bit.ly slash love type quiz. Again, that link is bit.ly slash love type quiz. And of course, I will link it in the show notes. Be sure to check that out. I am so excited for this interview that I'm doing today. I have with me Christy Whitman, and we are going to have such a good conversation. I am so pumped. So thank you so much for being with me, Christy. Oh, Crystal, thank you so much for the invitation. I appreciate being with you. Absolutely. So why don't you start off by just giving my listeners a little bit of a rundown of who you are and what you do? Perfect. So um, when I was in my mid-20s, I found myself living in Chicago, and I kind of checked the box of all the things that I was told as a young kid growing up and a teenager and a young adult that if you make money and you have your health and your well-being and have your ideal body and have this and that, you know, get a degree, all the things that we were told that would make us happy, then I would be happy. So I found myself living in Chicago in a great city, had a great paying job, lots of responsibility, but I loved it. And I was fit and, you know, lived with my best friend in a brownstone, having the time of my life. Yet, I felt that there was something still missing and I felt really empty. And I felt like, really, is this all there is? Because this is what I I basically created. I've accomplished everything that I was told was going to make me happy. And yet I'm not feeling that level of deep happiness. I'm feeling like there's something missing. Mm -hmm. And so I really started that, that feeling of emptiness, like I'm searching for something deeper, led me on a spiritual track really to... Uh, moved to California and I learned how to meditate and just started learning about the universal laws and um, really how to find fulfillment from the inside out. And when I moved to California, I knew one person who introduced me to, I need to get my hair cut, introduced me to a hairdresser. And this hairdresser, she had such a, she was so different than anybody I had met up to this point in my life. And I didn't have any words for it, but I just kept watching her. And I, I felt like, you know, like that scene in When Harry Met Sally, like I'll have what she's having. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I was like, what is, she's different. Like what's mm-hmm. different about her? And so finally I just came out and I said, something's different about you. And she started laughing. 
And she said, I do a very deep spiritual meditative practice. And let me introduce you to, you know, my meditation teacher. And I'm like, oh, great. Right. So I'm calling Melanie as I'm literally leaving the salon. Cause I was like this person, she's, she's got such a connection inside that, you know, I didn't even have the language for what she had. It was like, there's something about her. It's so different. And I want it. Hmm. And so I sat in front of my meditation teacher and she said something to me. And now this is over 20 years ago. This is almost 25 years ago. This is before the secret came out. This is before, you know, the internet had a lot of coaches online and, you know, sharing about how your thoughts create your reality and all these kind of things. And she said to me, you create your own reality. And I knew somewhere in me that that was truth for me. And I don't know how I knew that, but I said, that's true. But how? And she said, well, you're repelling things from you or attracting things to you based on the thoughts that you think. And once again, I knew that to be true. And again, I said, how? And so she said, start paying attention to the thoughts that you think. And that was the first time in my entire life that I thought, well, my thoughts, what do you mean? What does it matter if I pay attention to my thoughts or not? Because my thoughts are the thoughts and they're, they're real. Mm. Realize that they're empowering thoughts or disempowering thoughts, or that there are thoughts that actually made me feel good and made me feel aligned. And there are thoughts that disconnected me from feeling fulfilled. So I started paying attention to these thoughts and I was so hungry for learning about how the universe works and how to manifest and how to, you know, really feel that sense of fulfillment when we do accomplish something instead of feeling empty when we do. And so that led me to just a quest of, you know, learning about the universal laws and my life was just completely changing. And I was dating different kind of men than I ever did before because I always dated bad guys. And now I was liking, you know, men that were respectful and I was starting to love myself a little bit more. And about five years into studying, I had during a meditation, a vision for my first book called Perfect Pictures. And that night I went to bed at 105 in the morning and I woke up with this voice speaking to me and I couldn't, couldn't roll over and go back to sleep. So I got up and just started writing and my hand became free of my body. It was just like it became mm. its own independent thing that was happening. And the, the words are being written on the paper before I even knew what was being written. And uh, when I went back and read it, I was like, wow, that's amazing. It was exactly what I needed to hear based on what I was going through at the time. And so I got the book published because it happened seven nights in a row, got the book published. And when I got the book published, I started speaking in like spiritual bookstores and, you know, churches and places like that, like new thought churches. And people kept asking me, do you coach? Mm -hmm. Now I had no frame of reference for what coaching was back then because we're talking 19 years ago and there wasn't a lot of coaches out there. It wasn't before the internet and, you know, (laughs) before, before it was, I should say people were on the internet and, um, so I went into just having people call me and getting on the phone. And I love the feeling of having people call me and, you know, having them transform and have their lives become better. And it felt just so much more on purpose than what I was doing. I was a pharmaceutical rep at the time. And I just pursued this life of coaching and, and this career of coaching. And so here I am six books later, and I have a multinational coaching business and I certify coaches and so it's it's been quite a ride, but um, been following the breadcrumbs all along as far as what what really has been guiding me. And the basis of everything I do is I talk about the seven essential laws because learning these seven essential laws 
absolutely changed my life. Amazing. So we, I definitely want to hear about these laws, obviously. But first, I'm curious with what you started talking about at the very beginning, this meditation practice. I'm dying to know what this meditation practice that you, um, that your hairdresser told you about. <laughs> yeah. So it's working with energy and light. It's really bringing, it's not just sitting and, and, you know, thinking about a word or a phrase or even having a space of nothingness. It's literally feeling as though energy, like you're asking energy to, so say, for example, you want to feel more joyful instead of fear. So when you start to, if you close your eyes and you ask for a ray of joy to come down through the top of your head and you start to fill yourself up with joy and ask that energy to come into you, you're now working with energy. And so it's a deep practice of really being able to understand that we are the masters of energy and that when we call light to ourselves, the light responds. It it is true. Like when they say ask and it is given. So when we ask for the light, whether it's joy or freedom or abundance, whatever essence energy that we want to experience or feel, it does pay attention to us and it actually does start to flow to us and through us. And so it was learning about how to work with and master energy. Amazing. Amazing. So is that something that anyone could get started with? Yes, because all of us are, you know, we're all energy beings. We're all obviously physical human beings, but we also have energy. I mean, we know now from quantum physics, from, you know, modern science that everything is energy. I mean, crack open an atom and you've got energy in there, you know, everything from space between a molecule and an atom and subatomic particles at the basis of everything that we are is energy. If you look at your right arm, you might see, oh, okay, that's a right arm, but really it, it is energy. And all of the things that make up this arm are the space and the energy between it. And so we're both energy and we're both material, um, you know, that arm. So when you can start to align yourself and resonate with the energy that you want to experience, it's easily done because we can tap into who we are and the field of energy that already exists out there. So everybody can do it because all of us are energy. We just have to learn how to. Yeah. So good. So you've mentioned the seven essential universal, seven essential universal laws or seven universal laws. You can tell seven me what essential it is. Laws. Yeah, no, essential way. Laws. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. What are you referring to? Sure. So a lot of people know about the law of attraction or the secret, mm-hmm. obviously, because that was a big thing 13 years ago that came out. And I saw a lot of people I had been coaching on law of attraction years, years and years before the secret came out. And it was great because when it came out and people started learning about the law of attraction, I didn't have to teach them as much yeah. because they kind of had a little bit of an understanding. But What they didn't understand is that in a book and in a movie, you know, there's only so much you can share about the nature of the universe Mm -hmm. and law of attraction is just one of the universal laws. Now, what a universal law is, is means that it works for every single person, every single time, doesn't matter where you live. You know, it's like gravity. If we're on planet earth, gravity is working for each one of us. We don't have to sit there and think about gravity in order for us it to work or not. It's just working and it doesn't discriminate. It works for every single person. And it's not like if I don't think about gravity, I'm going to go floating off into outer space. So the universal laws are like that. They work every single time. 
and for me, when I learned about it, I'm like, this is something that everybody needs to know about because it's like understanding the rules of the game of life. It, it's kind of like how successful would you be if you were to go play baseball and you've never seen the game, you have no idea how to how it works, and someone hands you a bat and says, okay, that guy on the mound over there is going to throw the ball to you and you're, you're supposed to hit it. And then you hit it and then people start yelling at you, run, and, you know, and you run to third base because you don't know where to run. I mean, it just makes sense to know what the rules of the game are so that you can play it properly and that you can succeed at it. And that's really, I feel like these are the, these are the rules of this game of life. So the first one is law of attraction. You want me to go through each one of them? I would love that. That would be awesome. I think that law of attraction, we probably have covered, but if you have a different take on it, obviously, but I I think the other ones are what people would really love to hear because that's different, right? We hear a lot about law of attraction. Right. So yeah, I'll keep it brief with law of attraction. For me, law of attraction is a boomerang. What you send out comes back to you. And to start the, the entire basis of all seven essential laws, we have to kind of start with this basis that we are, as human beings, we are always in receiving mode and also transmission mode. So meaning we receive in energy and then we also send out energy. These are the things that we do with energy. We bring it in and we send it out. So we are either bringing it in from the things in our environment or we're bringing it from higher levels of consciousness, but we're always bringing in energy. And then we always send out energy. And when we send out energy, we send it with the words that we say, the thoughts that we think, the beliefs and perspective that we hold, the emotions that we have. So this is us in our, in the, of course, the actions that we take. So this is us sending out energy, having energy move out of our bodies. And whatever we send out of that energy by law of attraction comes back to us. So it's everything's vibrational. What you send out comes back. That's law of attraction. It's like a mirror or a boomerang. Send it out. It's going to come back to you. It's not a tit for tat kind of thing. It's not like if you call someone a jerk, someone's going to call you a jerk. It's an energetic resonance. So if you're judging someone, then that vibration of energy will then somehow come back to you in the form of something. But it always is um, a cause and effect boomerang type of situation. The second universal law is the law of deliberate creation. So the law of deliberate creation is the second universal law. And this is that the law that we are the ones that are the cause of what comes back to us and that we have to pay attention. We, well, another way of saying it is we are the only ones that chooses anything in our consciousness. So we get to choose our reactions to things. We get to choose our thoughts, choose our words, choose how we want to vibrate. Because if even if we have a bill that comes, for example, and we feel like we don't have enough money to pay that bill, people think, well, the, the only reaction is to feel fear, to feel you know anxiety or to feel lack. But that reaction will continue to bring you more of the same. So we have to, in the law of deliberate creation, be able to look at what do I want? Why do I want it? And how do I want to feel? How do I really want to vibrate? What is it that I'm wanting to receive back from the universe? Because if I continue down this this way of being, I'm going to continue to receive more and more of the same. Because law of attraction is always responding to our vibration. So it's us that gets to shift our perspective, our thoughts, our emotions, what we are sending out so that the result from law of attraction is different. 
Okay. So this is, this is really good. So, you know, we mostly talk about love and calling in love, but I think, you know, obviously manifesting is manifesting. So it always applies everywhere, but I love the example that you used about this bill. And I, I think this would be very interesting for my listeners to sort of dig in as it relates to, you know, money and abundance, because, you know, if you have something like a bill that feels very uh, concrete, right, where it's like, no, 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 but I can't think something different. I literally have this bill to pay. <laughs> like, this is what's in front of me. So right. talk a little bit more about that, because I'm sure people just feel like it's nuts to, you know, be positive and not focus on that when that's their circumstance. Yeah. And it goes for everything. Like, for example, you're saying love, love is the the food of the universe. I mean, that love is the highest vibration there is. So when you're in a place of love, what you're sending out to the universe comes back to you from a place of love. And what, you know, you want to look at, even if you're looking for a love in your life and you're frustrated, I had a woman a couple of weeks ago when I was coaching her, she's like, I've been waiting 37 years for my soulmate. Where is he? And it's like, yeah, but kind of like paying the bill. You get a bill and the reaction is, oh my God, I don't have the money. Where did this, how am I going to get the money? When you look at, and you'll, we'll go into a deeper discussion of this with law of sufficiency and abundance. But when you are having a reaction in lack, when you're feeling like you don't have enough, when you feel like you're coming from missing what it is that you're wanting, that old thoughts of yesterday and before yesterday brought you to the situation where you're in the circumstance where you don't have enough money to pay it. It's like a hangover, right? The drinks that you drank yesterday give you the bad feeling today. The thoughts and the perspective of yesterday are bringing about the situation today. So instead of continuing to perpetuate that hangover or that situation, not having the love, not having the money, not having the money to pay the bills, we have to be able to shift. And we do that by saying, yeah, okay, there's a bill. There's a, there's a large bill that's on my desk right now. And I could either have the perspective that I don't have enough. I don't know how I'm going to pay it, or I could focus on what I do want. So as I'm sitting with this bill and emanating this fear vibration, I can, in that moment, change my vibration about the bill. For example, or about the money, or about the partner. What do I want? Well, I want to make enough money. Well, what's enough money? I want to make enough money that I have more than I need every single month to pay my bills. And I want to have whatever that amount would be, right? You want to be specific. So that I have money to put into a savings account. So I have money to put towards a vacation. So I have money put towards my kids going to school, whatever it is. So, okay, well, why do you want that? Well, I want to feel free at the end of the day. I want to feel like when a bill comes in, I can easily pay it because I have it. I want to feel that, you know, so you ask yourself, what do I want? Why do I want it? And then how do I want to feel? So even if this bill is in your hand, you still, nothing has to change in your outer reality to work with your own energy to feel that sense of freedom inside of you. You could be looking at the bill and still feeling that sense of freedom because you you identify that the bottom line feeling that you want to experience is freedom. And as you are then feeling that freedom consistently, it's not just for a moment, feeling that consistency of that freedom vibration or love or whatever the vibration is, that then will start changing the vibrational set point. So all of a sudden, because the universe likes speed, 
all of a sudden you could get a check in the mail next to the bill that pays for the money, the extra, you get an extra check you weren't expecting that pays for the bill that you weren't expecting. Mm. Circumstances like this happen all the time, but we have to shift in order for our reality to shift. Yeah. So I have a follow-up question to that because you mentioned, you know, being specific when you're asking for what you want. So when we're talking about something like money, when someone is deciding, this is what I want, do they think about like, here's the next level that I want, like this would be great? Or is it like the ultimate goal or dream or whatever that they focus on? That is a great question. Let me answer this with that. Okay. So if you look at, oh, my ultimate dream is to have, you know, $2 million in the bank or $7 million in the bank and to be living on a, you know, house over a cliff on the ocean and all that kind of stuff. But that is so far away Mm. from where you are today. Like maybe you're in debt and you live in an apartment and there's no way you could even think about even having $100,000 in your bank account, let alone millions of dollars. That's most likely for most people going to cause more dissonance, more of a a contraction Mm -hmm. rather than an expansion type of feeling. Now, if you do think of that and you feel expanded by it and you feel that your energy opens up and you feel aligned and you feel like that's something that just, you know, you might think of a ultimate purpose that you have in life to create a nonprofit for children that are, you know, hungry and that feeling, that essence feels good to you, then by all means visualize that, feel that, connect with that. But if it feels too big and if it feels unrealistic, mm-hmm. that's when it's going to cause more constriction. It's kind of like someone that's overweight. They look at themselves in the mirror, go, I am fit. Mm -hmm. If they don't believe it, if it's too far of a stretch that it's going to cause more damage than not because the, the, Oh yeah. Right. Right. Like the doubt's going to come in. Right. So Mm -hmm. I always recommend go to the place where you believe something is possible and then stretch a little bit beyond it Mm -hmm. so that you can feel the excitement of the stretching And yet it's not like, oh my God, you know, I'm living in the biggest mansion on the hill in Beverly Hills, you know, next to Ellen DeGeneres when I'm in debt living in a one bedroom apartment. It's, it's a big stretch. And if someone can't feel that it'll create more uh, resistance. Yeah. I love that. So good. Okay, cool. So yeah, you were at, um, you were breaking down the laws of creation. Yeah. Yes. So the third law is the law of allowing. And it's just basically what we just said. If you are feeling um, expansive, if you're feeling excited, if you're feeling that connection to the flow of love, for example, and you're feeling just good, you're in a space of allowing yourself to be connected with your divine self, your larger part of you, your non-physical self. Because whenever we're connected to that, non-physical self, that bigger part of us, the 96% to our 4%, I can explain that. We feel good. We feel expansive. But whenever we're judging ourselves, criticizing, competing, comparing, any of those things, we're in more of a restriction mode and we're not in allowing mode Mm -hmm. because the divine self that's breathing us doesn't judge us, doesn't criticize us, doesn't criticize our partners, doesn't criticize our neighbors. And we're not allowing others to be as they are by judging, criticizing, condemning, those kind of things. And so it constricts our own energy. I had just had a conversation yesterday with my son, Alex, who is 10. 
And he finally got, because I've been telling him this for years, I'm like, that person that you, you know, had a thing with a couple of years ago, you know, and you hold something negative in your heart about that person, that doesn't affect that person. It affects you. It constricts your own energy. Yeah. And it doesn't do anything for that person. And so you can just say, I wish them well and I wish them away and, and I send them love and light. Oh, I can't send them love and light. Well, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> right. you know, if you are doing that, you're actually doing it for yourself. You're doing it for your own connection. You're not allowing this other person to be the reason that you're not connecting to your good fortune and your well-being and all of those other things. So the law of allowing is when you recognize, am I in the space of constriction and resistance that I'm not allowing the broader part of who I am, or if I'm feeling good, I am. So Mm -hmm. this always blows my mind away. Who we are, who we know ourselves to be, no matter how many years we've been in these bodies, no matter what our upbringing is, our programming, our imprints, all of our life experience, all of that is only 4% of who we really are. Mm. And and 96% is our higher being, our higher self, our life force, the part that is our life that beats our hearts. That's that non-physical, the essence of who we are, that when we drop our bodies, we no longer are alive as we know ourselves to be as the personalities and the, you know, the name of who we are and all that, that goes back into non-physical. That's the 96%. And when we are in a space of allowing, we're allowing the fullness of who we are. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. Uh, yeah, I love that. Where does that come from? That actually comes from quantum physics studies. Mm. I, I wrote about that in my book, Quantum Success, and um, you know, did a lot of research on that and learned you know, years ago from my spiritual teacher the same thing, is that who we really are is in the wholeness of 100% of who we are, who we are as a human being and who we know ourselves to be is only 4%. Wow. Very, very interesting. Okay. Isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I had never, I've never heard that. um, And I've certainly never thought of it that way. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, There's so much more to us. So the, the fourth law is the law of sufficiency and abundance. This is my favorite law. This is the law that I wrestled with for a long time. I know a lot of people do. Um, And this is the law really that pulls all of them together because you could go seven essential laws. Oh my God, there's actually more than seven, but I find that these are the seven that if you learn them and you understand them, then you're going to master your life. And this one law, the law of sufficiency and abundance, if you master this law, it pulls all of the laws together. So for me, this is the most important law. This is a law I've, I've created programs on. I mean, I can speak on this law forever. And In short, what it is, is when you think of everything as a spectrum, because we are in a land of polarity on planet Earth, right? When you think of things as a spectrum, on one side of the spectrum, you have lack, limitation, um, the absence of what you desire, the place of feeling that complete discontent because you're missing something. And on the other side of the spectrum, you have the fulfillment of that desire. You have abundance. You have Another way of saying it is insufficiency on one end, all sufficiency on the other end. And in the middle where there's that tipping point, because at some point it's got to tip into getting out of lack and into abundance, there's that tipping point, that doorway into abundance is sufficiency, satisfaction, contentment. 
And when someone is feeling any type of negative emotion, like worry, fear, doubt, frustration, discontent, they're in a space of lack. Lack always feels bad, Mm. always feels bad. In the middle, we start doing that tipping point towards abundance. That's where we're at a neutral point where we're satisfied. We're not feeling over the moon excited about something, but we're not feeling negative about it. We're good. I'm good. I'm satisfied. And that level of movement up the scale from discontent to satisfied is a huge jump. And when you go then from satisfied to excited or positive expectation or love or appreciation or gratitude or, you know, passion, purpose, all of those other higher emotions, then you're in a space of abundance. And obviously from that spectrum, the higher you are on the scale of abundance, the more attractive you are to the things that you desire. When you're on the side of lack, the more repelling you are to the things that you desire. So people will think, well, I'm focused on money. I want more money. I keep saying I want more money, but their vibration is in lack that they don't have it versus oh, I'm so excited about money. And you know what I'm excited about? I'm excited about that trip that I'm going to take, that five-star trip to go wherever around the world. It's going to be amazing. I am so excited to go stay in the huts and do this and do that. And I just love the freedom that I have with money. And I love the, you know, the fact that I could eat at the restaurants or buy the pair of shoes or whatever I want to do. I have the freedom and flexibility in my life when I have money. I just so appreciate money. When you're thinking about money, you're on the side where you have good feelings about money versus where you're in lack. Abundance always feels good. Lack always feels bad. Does not matter what the subject is. It's where you are on the scale regarding that subject. Okay, so good. So tell me the name of that law again, the law of sufficiency? Law of sufficiency and abundance. So how does this relate to the law of polarity? So the law of polarity is the seventh essential law. And here on planet earth, we have polarity. So for example, when you think of any subject, we take temperature, right? Temperature is the the subject, but on one side of the pole, you've got extreme heat. On the other side of the pole, you have extreme cold, and then you have a spectrum, right? So you can know hot from cold, that's polarity. You can know love from fear or love from hate. You can know abundance from lack. You can know happiness to sadness. The non-physical part of us is always in that space of love, unconditional love, no conditions. It's just love, free-flowing, high vibrational, pure, pure energy of love. Here on planet earth, in our physical bodies, that 4% experience that we're having, it is polarity. It's up, it's down. It's left, it's right. It's stop, it's go. We have extreme opposites of one thing, and it's up for us to navigate the polarity of things and to see, okay, I am in fear right now, and if I'm in fear right now of money, let's just continue on that track. If I'm in fear right now about money, there is a dimension, there is a reality that's the polar opposite experience of what I'm having. There is me loving money. There is me loving my situation with money. There's me loving my life having money. Yeah. So good. Okay, cool. So 
Yeah, I think I'm following because I haven't, I'm not familiar with the law of sufficiency and abundance, but it sounds almost like there, it's like a similar thing, but it's specifically about abundance versus lack. Whereas polarity yeah. applies for everything. Exactly. Yeah. So when you understand where you are on the scale on any subject, it could be where, like I said, you know, where is my partner at 37? You know, uh, this woman was saying to me, I've been waiting for my soulmate all my life. I have faith that he's coming, but where is he? It's like, no, (laughs) you're more on the lack. I don't have him yet. Where is he? Kind of anxiety, kind of fear space, kind of, you know, that's where you are in the subject of that. You're not in the space of I'm sufficient. I'm happy in my life as I am. I'm not feeling like I'm missing anything yet. I know he's coming and then I'm so excited when he comes. There's a very different space than, oh my God, where is he? There's an impatience is also lack. Worry is lack. And so when we can come from a place of, hey, you know what? I'm in this job for now. It's not my end all be all job, but it pays the bills. I have weekends and nights off, you know, evenings off, and I can do what I want to do because I get paid well. And yet my business I'm creating is, you know, is going to be exciting and I'm going to love that. It's being satisfied where you are right here, right now and excited for what's coming, excited for what's going to be manifesting, excited for what you're creating, excited for what you're moving towards. That's the best place to be in, content, appreciative, grateful for what you have now, excited for more. Mm, so good. Yeah, that is like the sweet spot, right? <laughs> Where it's it, like there's perfect. just resistance in either way, like in to what is or to what you ultimately desire. And yeah. And the thing is, is that when you think about it, Crystal, when you want to manifest something and then you do, what do we do? We set out another desire, another goal. I always use this example. Like when I was single, I wanted to share my life with a man that I could be in a committed relationship. So there's a gap between me being single and me having my ideal partner. So when I was single, I would feel content within my own skin. I'd feel connected with myself. I'd look at all the reasons and, you know, why do I want a partner in the first place? Well, I want to feel love. I want to feel connection. Okay. So I have to give myself what I'm wanting so I can come from that place of satisfaction and fulfillment. Because if I'm thinking that the man is going to be the, the one that gives me the connection and the love, I won't allow myself to feel it until he comes. So now I'm in lack. I'm not in a place of contentment. So I've got to move myself into the energetic resonance of contentment and connection and love. And so, but yet there's that gap, right? Satisfied where I am, excited for when he comes. There's still that gap of when he comes. Now I meet him. We're in this lovely dance of a relationship, falling in love, the whole courting period. Then there's a desire. There's the gap of here we are. I want to get married. Mm -hmm. So there's that gap. Then he asked me to marry him. We get married. And then there's the gap of here comes the new desire. I want a baby Mm -hmm. or I want to build a house or, you know, I want to go on a vacation with him or whatever it is. There's always a gap and there always will be a gap because once we get something, once we attain something, we got the man, we got now got the house, we got the baby. Oh, I want another baby. So now guess what? Now we need a bigger house and you know, on and on it goes. So our whole lives are full of this, I desire this, and then there's a manifestational gap. And how do we close the gap quickly? 
is being in that space of being content with where we are excited for more. Because once we go into, oh, I don't have a baby. I'm not fulfilled. I can't be fulfilled until I have the baby. We're pushing the baby experience away. Mm. Yeah. You just totally got that. Yeah, that one that one hit home for me in like a big way. <laughs> so where are we? I think we're at the fourth law. So that was sufficiency and abundance. I'll quickly go through the other two because we already kind of covered law of polarity, which is yeah. the seventh law. So the fifth law is the law of pure potentiality. It's that 96% that we talked about, that everything is energy. And that if we as the human being have an idea, for example, I want to meet a partner or I want to have a baby or I want to build a house or I want to start a business or I want to make more money or I want to go on that vacation, I want to, whatever it is. If we have that idea, if we have that desire, we also have the energetic connection to pure potential energy that will manifest it into form. Mm. And knowing that puts you on the side. That's why I said when when you are in the space of abundance, when you're applying the law of sufficiency and abundance, and you're at least in that place of satisfaction or abundance on the pole of abundance, now you're vibrating out abundance. So law of attraction is going to start bringing you things that match and resonate with abundance. You're the one deliberately choosing to be on the side of abundance. So you're practicing the law of deliberate creation. When you're in abundance, you're in a space of complete allowing. Obviously, you're in the pole of the polarities pole of abundance, and you're also in the space of complete allowance of uh, pure potentiality. You're allowing the infinite to bring infinite possibilities to you and infinite avenues and ways that it can come, not just one thing, one form at this time that we think in our minds that it has to be. Mm-hmm. It's full of potential. Right. And then the last law is the law of detachment, where we detach. We have this place of trust and faith that because it exists in my mind and because I can feel it and I can see it, it will fulfill itself in my daily reality. And the who, the where, the what, the when, all of that, I detach with with grace so that the universe can do its job. It has a bird's eye view of our life and be able to deliver it in the best thing that's for us higher awareness than we can ever ever have for ourselves. So of detachment is a six law. Now, this is really good. This is super important because I think that this is something that people really, people really struggle with, you know, and especially since we've been using money as an example. And I think when we're talking about something that feels urgent, if someone's like, I have this bill to pay. So yeah. How does one actually practice detachment? I mean, also with love. I mean, definitely my listeners, my students and clients can struggle with, you know, where, you know, okay, I'm doing the part where I'm clear on what I want. I know why I want it, but how do I not get so attached to it happening a certain way or like, but how is it going to happen? How? Like, I, I can't see how. Yes. That's one of the biggest things is the how right. like we have, we have to literally let go of the how, and that's where we have to align and connect with the part of us that isn't physical is, is completely non-physical, but is our source. It's our supply. Sometimes doing meditations to connect with that source. That's my number one go-to is doing a meditation to feel the essence and the energy That's why becoming an energy master is so important because when you can connect with the feeling of already having what you want, then the impatience of, you know, the feeling, the abundance, you're like, you have it now, you feel it, 
It's just a matter of time. And I've seen this, I've been a coach for over 19 years and I've seen it with clients over and over again, where they are so focused on, for example, I've got this bill. Something's got to give, I either got to get a job or it's got to come through this way, or I've got to get this promotion or, and I say them detach. There Mm -hmm. are a thousand ways that money can come to you but you're focused, you're, you're constricted and that it's got to be this one form. If you just relax, let yourself connect with the field of pure potentiality and trust that, you know, the, the divine that's breathing you, that beats your heart has your back and loves you and adores you and is there to support you and provide for you that it's got, I mean, countless infinite ways that it can deliver the money to you. I have had people with just the craziest stories, Crystal, with people tell, like calling me back the next day going, I got an insurance settlement check from my dad's insurance. He passed away 10 years ago and I just got a check for $30,000. I didn't even know wow. that. Wow. Or, or I've had people say 24 hours after we've got off the phone from a, a coaching session say, I just got a refund check from the government and I wasn't supposed to get it. It's like $15,000. I can pay that bill plus go on that vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just incredible stories like that where money literally, it's like it drops out of the sky from unexpected places because they release their restriction on the how, the where, the who, the, the detachment. They detached instead of being so attached to what our minds think is the way, the only way, the how. And you know, we do need our minds, obviously. And we, we are, our minds are great for kind of figuring things out. And how do I glue this to that? And how do I write this down on a piece of paper? How do I do, you know, two times two? I mean, our minds are really good for that. Our minds also have that mental faculty to visualize, to imagine, and to also allow in and connect when we allow our, our, our personality minds, our rational minds to connect with the mind of the divine. Mm. And so the primary way people do that is through meditation. Yes. Meditation is like the number one way. Uh, Doing affirmations and mantras is really important. Um, Being able to use our mental faculties of visualization, um, getting yourself in a place of feeling the havingness of what you already want already manifested because again, now you're working in the, when you're in the havingness, like I already have it, you're not in the, well, it's coming. So Mm -hmm. I'm still lacking. You know, you're not in the, oh, I don't have it. And you're not in lack. So you're in the having of it, feeling what it feels like to already have it. You're in vibrational resonance with it. So, you know what I think my listeners would love is if there were a, for someone who isn't familiar with meditation, let's say, Um, I'm sure some of them are, but for someone who wasn't, who was like, this sounds really interesting. I'd love to know, you know, how I can start meditating because it can be very daunting for people if it's not something that they've done. It feels like, oh, maybe I have to do it for 30 minutes and I have to clear my head. Like what's a simple way someone could get started if they wanted to, you know, have a meditation practice that would sort of support all these things that you're talking about? I love that question because you're right. When I heard for the first time 20 something years ago, meditation, I thought of like a little guy with a beard, you know, (laughs) in a yogi position, (laughs) sitting on the top of a cliff and, you know, oming and sitting, you know, sitting in a uh, a different kind of uh, sitting position. Um, Meditation is not 
exactly like that. And there are lots of ways that you could even start guided meditations. I offer many guided meditations because when someone starts to go clear their mind, one of the first things they're going to realize is how hard it is to clear the mind because our minds are constantly cycling between the past, the present, and the future. And it does this loop, past, present, future, past, present, future. You're sitting there trying to clear your mind. It's like, what am I going to have for breakfast? Wait, no, come back to the moment. What did I have yesterday for breakfast? No, it doesn't matter. Come back to the moment. Mm -hmm. And you got this monkey mind. And so I don't recommend to people that are just starting off in a quiet space, clearing your mind. I recommend, you know, having some kind of a mantra, like I am abundant. I am abundant. I'm abundant. And it's a word and a phrase that you say over and over and over until you get into the vibrational resonance with it, because it gives your mind something to focus on. Mm. And it starts to train the mind to focus on one thing. Right. And, and yet it allows you to then come in resonance with that mantra. So many of the programs I create, I do daily med- um, affirmations or, or mantras so that people can have a daily statement to focus on while they're sitting in quiet. And you're right. You don't have to do it for three hours a day. You could do it for 15 minutes and that's all you need. It's just something to connect with the bigger part of who you are. It could be guided meditations, which I also offer, you know, many times throughout the year, year I do like live 30 day meditations. I also have recordings of them on my, my website. There's also, you know, YouTube meditations that I have are great. If you go on my YouTube channel, christywhitman.com or Christy Whitman is my YouTube station. Um, lots of different free resources there so that you can start to be guided into energy and into that conversation of asking for energy to flow into you so that you can feel and connect with joy, with resonating with freedom, with abundance, with all those different kind of things. Mm. So you kind of started answering my next question already, which was how can my listeners find you if they want to learn more, if they want to, you know, see what kind of things you offer? What's the best way for them to do that? Well, I have a couple, many different options actually, but I want to give everybody, (laughs) I want to give all your listeners a gift because as long as I've been doing this and as long as I've been doing interviews, people ask me, okay, that was a lot of information on universal laws. How do we even get started? Right. And the first thing I say is that you want to watch your words. Your words are the start of the creation process. Your words are like your wand and what you say, what you state, out loud and to yourself are really important. And so the words and the phrases that we use have an energetic resonance or dissonance within us. And so people are saying things that they don't even realize how vibrationally harming it is to them. So Mm -hmm. after hearing this for years and years and years, I created a program. It's a free program. Um, It's called watchyourwords.com. It's a 30-day video program all your listeners have to do is put in their name and their email. And every day they're going to be given a free video somewhere between a minute and a half to four minutes that talks about the word or the phrase that they want to release from the vocabulary mm. and what, what to bring in instead and why. Because I'm a big why person. Like, well, why? If I'm going to change that, why? why? What, what is that going to do to me? You know, I need to buy in. I need to understand the benefit that that's going to give me. So you go to have your listeners go to watchyourwords.com um, to get started. That's the very pers- first place I would start with any type of this type of work so that you're taking responsibility of your thoughts. Because when you think about it, thoughts also create, or excuse me, words, words create thoughts. 
thoughts thought over and over again, create beliefs and we create from our beliefs. Mm -hmm. Starting with your words is essential. Okay. So good. So, so good. Thank you so much. This was very, very informative. You're clearly such a wealth of information and, you know, obviously we could have gone on, but I don't want people to get overwhelmed. This feels like a very (laughs) solid start, you know, covering some pretty meaty topics. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Crystal. I appreciate you having me on your platform. And I really appreciate all that you're doing in the world to make it a better place and to make people really resonate with the concept, the feeling, the essence of love. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, that is all that I have for this week's episode. I will speak to you all again soon. I am so grateful for all of my listeners. I love creating this content. I love this podcast. And there's nothing I want more than for more women to have happy, healthy, loving relationships with the man of their dreams. Now, I have a small favor to ask. If you have been listening and enjoying the podcast, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It helps so much. It is the only way that we are going to get this content into the hands and ears of the women that really want it and need it. So if you have been listening for a while and you're absolutely loving the podcast, leave us a rating and review. It means absolutely everything to us. Thanks so much and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast. Thank you.